Let me tell you about this guy. Let me tell you about this fucker right here. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't know how to write a check they don't know how to address an envelope so a we do <laughs> there's a lot of us that do uh but b do want to touch on that it, most kids parents or her age when she was learning how to write a check and write an envelope was taught by her parents or somebody in her life who taught her those things that was older than her Gen X didn't bother teaching us how to write a check or write an envelope because there's no need to write a check or write an envelope. There's a reason for that. All right. Besides us not caring about you guys. <laughs> um, when that home learning was really forgotten is when the women left the house and permanently moved into the workforce. Mm-hmm. Dad works 10 hours. Mom works 10 hours. They both come home. Neither one of them wants to help the kids with their schoolwork. Don't want to teach them how to do a budget, write checks. Yeah, so basically just leave them to the education system. Yeah, so we pawned them off to government schools. Mm -hmm. And now look what we got. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the interesting part about it is that even if even still because well, I agree with you right so like every now everybody's working so you don't have that time but at the same time this still the same people that were teaching us in schools were were older than us right it was typically our like parents age or right below maybe had some like millennial teachers mm-hmm. but mainly so like our parents age or older um and this isn't just necessarily like a knock on like the american education system but like none of those things were taught and so and didn't go over any of those things the only thing that she that she's about to mention that we'll get to in a second is the cursive thing which i have some thoughts on that too but uh, like she i I don't know did i i could just let her talk but i don't think that i don't think the writing the envelope and like writing a check are the important things in life to learn like i need to know how to address a piece of mail is not it's not high on my to-do list anymore i agree with you and that's not to excuse us as a generation to not teach you those things but to some of our credit we also recognize that these are not things they're going to really need to do between um bill pay auto pay that kind of stuff you don't really need to write a check and if you're not writing checks and you have emails and direct messaging and text messaging and those kinds of things, then you don't really need to write letters to be able to address anything. So, um, yeah, unless you're paying for a ticket now, you don't really need the check. Like most of the, you know, government places and all that stuff to still make you send in like a money order or like a check or something like that. Yeah, because rather than pay online, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I just. I, I think that there was some realization from our parents of like, I I barely use these things now when I'm having these kids. I don't think I really need to focus on teaching them how to write a check or how to dress an envelope. Well, the, the One of the problems of being the child of a Gen Xer is we were the latchkey kids, mm-hmm. right? We had to figure things out on our own. Mm-hmm. And so... 
that's where we come from. And so we're looking at you just like, all right, you know where the sink is. <laughs> There's the ramen. Yeah. There's the stove. Figure it out. <laughs> they don't know how to read cursive. All right. So I want to comment on this because there was a point where schools were teaching writing, like basically up until about fifth grade, at least when, when I was going through elementary school, they were teaching cursive and reading cursive. And then, and then it was always the conversation of like, oh, well, when you get to the next one, when you get to middle school or high school or whatever, you're absolutely going to need this. None of your teachers are going to write in normal print. They're all going to write in cursive. You need to know how it, how to use it and write it and all that stuff. Then when we went to the next grade, all gone. Every generate, every kid below me in elementary school, all the way up, all gone. No cursive. Um, I think they should teach cursive. Why? Um, probably because I'm Eastern, but like Japan and, and that type of thing, they teach their writing as an art form. Mm -hmm. And I think um, calligraphy mm -hmm. is an art form. And I think cursive can be an art form and it mm -hmm. should be taught as an art because it can be very pretty mm -hmm. to look at. So I think they should keep teaching it more as an art form type of thing than... Right. Because it you're absolutely right. It's it's not practical. Everything's keyboard now. Yeah. And if you want to make it look cursive, you just change which font you're in. And right. Now all of a sudden... Yeah, now it's, it's like secret code. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use this font. <laughs> right. I'm going to use the bing bong ding dong font and yep. send it over. Then I'm going to have that person highlight everything and then change the font to Palatino Linotype. And then he'll be able to understand what I wrote. <laughs> yep, our special MLA format in Times New Roman and all of that fun stuff. Uh, I would have been interesting to see your teachers comment on, your handwriting isn't in Times New Roman font. <laughs> it's not 12 points, Michael. What are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, I I agree. I could see like them teaching cursive as like an art form of writing or like a calligraphy style type of yeah, writing it's... rather than, you know, as your main type of writing but you see how ugly my handwriting is it looks like cursive because all my letters are fucking connected <laughs> i just think there's um a cultural carryover in language mm -hmm. and in writing and that type of thing and um we lose that i think you lose part of your history yeah um, and i get frustrated because you have these people talking about Oh, Europe is so great. They have such history and the architecture is so awesome. America has none of this stuff. It's too new. And then these same people come back to America and they go to like Virginia to one of the old towns there and they want to demolish it and build new buildings. It's like <laughs> you can't have old architecture if you keep tearing crap down. Yeah. So it's like they love something, but they they don't or they are developmentally disabled and can't figure out that if you knock old things down and put new things up there you can't have old things yeah my favorite part about this video is that she's commenting on all these things that gen z doesn't know how to do um and this video is a short on youtube that is going viral and that's how she's becoming famous <laughs> and i'm just like like i don't you know one or the other <laughs> they don't know how to read a paper map don't need it get anywhere unless there's a gps map on their phone all i'm saying is if gen z takes over the world it's gonna be pretty easy to get it back <laughs> we're just gonna write our battle plans in cursive on a piece of paper 
So I get her point, right? We don't use paper. We don't use paper maps. Like, you know, all of that good stuff. I do not miss paper maps. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she got to this comedy club using her phone. I doubt she pulled out a paper map. Um, it, I do. It, it's interesting how she references like Gen Z taking over the world rather than like societal collapse, because yes, absolutely. Maybe in a societal collapse, right? Some of us would be very lost. We don't have all of these like technological things and all of this stuff but her reference of just us taking over the world google's still there i'm telling you <laughs> if there's a collapse gen x is the survivors here all right boomers they die off because they're just too damn old and feeble right millennials would just sit there and complain about how things are unfair <laughs> gen z would be like no avocados <laughs> gen z is like why didn't anybody teach me this stuff on what i need to do in this situation and we'll be sitting back with the lone functioning microwave oven popping popcorn and watching everybody <laughs> yeah i i don't know i feel like first of all I'm going to be a millennial here for a second. It's not fair. She didn't talk about herself. So what the fuck? This isn't comedy. Well, Gen X is the forgotten generation <laughs> to the point where we forget about ourselves. Evidently. Apparently. Um, yeah, I just, nobody likes paper maps. We should call Gen X like the Mary Poppins generation because we are practically perfect in every way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your your humbleness really gets you that. <laughs> And then mail it to ourselves in envelopes. Did I forget anybody? Did I forget any generations? Thank you, Gen X. I didn't forget Gen X. I was born the first year of Gen X, like you, and I'm so glad you're here. See, you forgot. How does she know how old she is? 1965. Five years. She's 58. She's actually doing pretty good for 58. Generation boomers, and they went down to millennials and post. They forgot 65 million of us. But here's all you need to know about Gen X. We don't care. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we don't care. We raised ourselves. We don't care. As a matter of fact. So for someone that doesn't care, she's really up here spreading around how she doesn't care. Yeah, but she's getting money for it. <laughs> we kind of like it. We kind of like it that you left us off your little less CBS news. We're like the secret dive bar that only the locals know about. We don't have to advertise it. We're never going out of business. <laughs> Generation X, we are the latchkey kids that were raised by the boomer parents. We sat in the way, way back seat of our mob station wagon, rear facing at the people. <laughs> Lights in your eyes. <laughs> It is funny. We used to do that as uh, as kids too. Just sit there and turn around and stare at everybody that's going by. Every time there was, uh, it was always fun. Every time there was like a big truck or whatever, um, especially they used to like take the front of them and like paint them, like uh -huh. the teeth and all of that stuff. We would always like yell at her mom, like, "Oh, speed up, speed up! They're gonna kill us! Like they're gonna hit us! Speed up!" <laughs> oh man, I don't know. She's uh interesting to me. She's okay. She's not, okay. Yeah. Not my favorite comedian and not really about the stuff she said. I don't really give a shit, but <laughs> um but uh yeah, I um I just I don't know. I don't think 
I think the stuff she commented about on Gen Z is like the typical like haha funny like they don't know yeah. how to write the check and then it's like well do, do we really need to write the check anymore like <laughs> <laughs> it's none of the stuff that actually matters it's always like ah oh, they don't know how to write a mail letter <laughs> <laughs> like you're nothing you don't know how to set the timer on your phone <laughs> Oh. oh, you got a new phone? Here, let the Gen Z come and set it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Everybody wants to comment on Gen Z until they need to work the printer. Or they need to convert a Word document to PDF. I still think most of the complaints about Gen Z is really still the millennials. I mean, you're not, as a generation, prevalent enough. I Yeah, I don't think that we are either. Most of the comments that we get about us, about like our work and like things like that i feel like are a little misguided um i also think there are things that are happening throughout the like the workforce that, which is a big one that people complain about with gen z that is kind of across the board unless just like generational specific mm -hmm. like there's a lot of people that don't want to go to work and it's not necessarily specific by generation um and COVID really did a number on that where it was, oh, like, yeah. where it was, you know, obviously everybody went home and everybody was like, shit, I can work in my pajamas. Like, <laughs> I don't want to stay here. Yeah. And I, I think that's multi-generational. <laughs> I don't think that is specific to Gen Z. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and the boomers that are all still in the workforce kind of just take everyone as like everyone younger is millennial or Gen Z and, it's everyone's kind of grouped into that. Like yeah, I mean, everybody's the millennial and Gen Z Gen X is forgotten about. Right. Right. And, but it's just 25 year olds are barely into the workforce. Yeah. You know, they've graduated college and now they've got a few years and they're not even a lot of them, not even in their career positions yet. Right. You know, um, and they're still looking at, I just need a paying job to pay my student loans right. type of thing. Yeah. So I just don't think, I, it's hard to tell because we just haven't seen enough influence from from yeah. them and what's actually happening. And I think like she was talking about the, the boomers gave birth to millennials and Gen X. Mm -hmm. And then the second generation also gave birth to Gen X. It's mm -hmm. kind of weird. But like the boomers, 20 years, then Gen X is 15 years long. And then the millennials and Z is also 15 years. But I look at it and I kind of feel like it's fucking squeaky ass table. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I think the generations, maybe because of technology, should actually change. And I, I like to think, I was thinking about this from our last one. It's like, I think we should be really looking at micro get generations. Um, and micro in like the real term and not this micro that they're using on the internet and that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. the micro generation on the internet, they're really talking about a hybrid generation where it's like the end of Gen X, the beginning of millennials, they're saying it's a micro generation. We're calling it Xennials, mm -hmm. right? That kind of, that, that's really a hybrid, mm -hmm. right? To me, a micro generation is just a smaller chunk, right? right? It's micro it's yeah. it's a small portion of this generation and it doesn't necessarily have to be from in between generations right it could be any any 
anyone in that age group, but a small part of them are doing this. Or, you exactly. Know, and I just feel like with technology advancements and that kind of stuff and social media blasting everybody, I feel like the gen like your generation being 25, I think at 25, there's a significant difference between you and an 18 year old. Yeah. And so it's almost two separate generations in there. Yeah. And uh, I would agree. So we talked about this a little bit. I think we were more talking about it off camera. Um, but the, like you just said, when I look at somebody who is, um, you know, 12 years old and they're still considered Gen Z and I'm Gen Z. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's an age difference, right? right. So that that uh, we're already different just in that aspect, mm -hmm. which is not really what I'm basing this on. But the thought process, what they were uh, like inundated with as they've grown up, um, things that they've had is completely different than what I had growing up and what I went through growing up. And I think it, like you said, it's the technology piece because technology progression is exponential. Mm -hmm. You have an exponential change in what people have from when I was 12 years old to when the, these kids have at 12 years old. So I do think that at some point somebody's gonna, you know, the big research institutes and things like that, that are doing the research and defining generations, which I was looking into it and it's kind of haphazard. Like, everybody's got their own pieces and then it kind of makes its way into the media. And that's kind of how you get some consensus mm -hmm. between what a generation's called the years, things like that. Um, but I think you're going to start to see as things continue to progress, which is continuously exponential, you're going to get much smaller pockets of generations. Right. Because they try to think of things that brought a generation together. Mm -hmm. Right. And they, the shared experience that a whole generation right. of people had that shapes a personality so that makes sense but gen x right so what is it 65 to 80 mm -hmm. and i'm a 1970 person but a person that is 10 years younger than me and i've interacted with them not very different than me mm -hmm. right but i believe that when you're 35 a person that's 25 is going to be very different than you mm -hmm. because they've already been inundated with a new thing. Yeah. Like TikTok and that kind of and, crap. And now it's lots of new things between the two. <clears throat> um, the, the kids that are, that were born in 2012 that are still Gen Z are they, the AI and, um, like virtual reality and augmented reality and things like that are that uh going to make big changes and i think that they're going to better relate with the next generation coming up with it, which is generation alpha who these technologies are being introduced and like they're gonna start growing up with them very shortly um, I would say within the next five years that like it's already boomed in the last few months since we had these first bigger ones like chat GPT and things like that that started becoming popular. I started seeing TikToks on chat GPT. Um, I, I don't remember exactly which day of the week it was, but like a month or two ago. Right. And within the same week, all of a sudden, everybody knew about it. Everybody mm -hmm. was using it and it became a huge point of conversation. 
just with that alone, like changes generations by a few years rather than a decade. <clears throat> um, and I think that there's just going to, I think you're just going to start seeing those much like, oh, you know, I think Gen, Gen Z, I think is going to be more defined by COVID because as a, as a generation, that was something that's like, it, that was our first like real event, right? Mm -hmm. Um, no matter what age you were born in 2012 or born in 1997, that was our first real event that we all went through together. And I think that's going to become kind of the staple of like our event. You know, you had the, the older generations had these wars and like all of these things. And I think COVID-19, regardless of how you feel about it, is right. going to become the Yeah, because it changed like, the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it changed the world. And it was, it's something that like in our developmental years was defining. Um, and I think for the next gen and especially the generation out after them, when they, as the, all of this like AI stuff really starts picking up over the next five years and the virtual reality and things like that, they're going to be not just like digital native, but this, um, I think there's saying essentially this like artificial native with like all of these other things. And what about robots? I think that like, what, like, how do you think it's going to, yeah, so uh, so they make robots now right. that are much more human. Right. Right. And I've watched some of these videos. Have you seen Tesla's what they're doing? Like I uh, have not, Optimus? I have not seen that one okay. yet. Optimus Prime. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so now you have these robots that talk and function very human-like, mm -hmm. right? Throw AI in, onto that. How long until they access the internet and then decide that the best thing for this planet is to get rid of humans? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so, um, <clears throat> sort of off topic, but like, Elon Musk is one of those people that's super worried about that because it is a it is a real possibility. As much as people want to believe it or not, mm. it is something that actually can happen if you develop something that is smart enough to do so and make decisions based off the information that they've gathered. But I think just in the short term, a lot of what's going to happen that's going to affect the end of Gen Z. It's going to affect all of us, but really the end of Gen Z, um, Gen all of or a lot of gen alpha and then the, you know what will be my kids i think generation beta is what they're planning to call it but it's not beta set in stone <laughs> um and i think what's going to really break up those generations is these defining moments in tech like this ai thing i think is going to break up a whole generation how i use ai versus how the younger gen z uses ai is going to be extremely different because they're going to grow up with it mm -hmm. and eventually it's going to start coming out just like most tech does in schools especially in public schools as it makes things easier for teachers and things like that to help with learning and learning all of these weird fucking ways yeah, they're going to have like robot teachers with ai checking homework of students to make sure that a robot with ai didn't do the, yeah, students, didn't homework. Do the students homework and then they're going to figure out when well, they already did they're going to right? figure out like this is stupid. Let's just get rid of humans and we don't have to do all this unnecessary work. Yeah, I think at first it's going to be like, oh, <clears throat> what, you know, I hope that there is some sort of realization with like public schools of like, 
there are certain things. So there was a whole bunch of, uh, so for a real life example, right? Um, middle school and the first half of high school for me, a lot of, there was certain like math tests and things like that, where it was like, oh, you know, yeah, I think, and you probably grew up with this, like, oh, you're never going to grow up with a calculator in your pocket. Like, how are you going to know how to do this? Right. <laughs> and the beginning of my schooling, like middle, uh, middle school and elementary school, it was the same concept. Like, you're not going to grow up with a calculator in your pocket. You got to learn how to do this in your head. Right. And then you got to high school or college or whatever. And it was like, well, now we all have calculators in our pocket. Like, I don't need to do this in my head. I have now, a computer in my pocket. Yeah. Now I have this calculator on all of my math tests and all of these things. And I think that there probably will start to be that revelation with like all of this AI stuff too, because it's going to be the same thing. It's like, oh, you need to know this exactly because you're not going to have AI in your pocket. Like, what are you talking about? And then, <laughs> you know, it, right. you know, move forward or in your head, even with like Elon Musk and his Neuralink and all of that <laughs> stuff. Right. So I think ultimately going back to where the conversation started, I think these defining moments in text. Sorry. And tech innovation is going to split up the generations more so than we have them right now. And I think it'll be more like five to 10 years like stents rather than 15 to 20 as we as we progress. I agree. I think the generations are just going to get shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah, I do think there'll be a point of um like level off like there probably won't be so much change between like one year and the second year right. that but five years. Leave. but i think five years is probably and they'll have realistic. to change the name i just don't think it can be called a generation anymore yeah i think you'll probably have to call it like the micro generations or whatever and then have the overarching generation mm -hmm. um i i think the i think you bring up a good point like the hybrid generation i don't think it's really the micro yeah because what i feel like it's just millennials redefining shit again. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i feel like the i feel like just because like maybe somebody my age and then somebody two years older than me share like similar opinions doesn't make us a new like micro generation like there's going to be some influence between the two because the year, like if you're dividing them by years, 1996 to 1997, like there's not much difference there between the two. No. Um, so you're bound to get some like hybrids in between. And I don't think we need to necessarily make a big deal about like these hybrid generations. Cause no. it, it's, I feel like to me, it's obvious. Like that's what there's going to be. I think the micro in the middle of two of the same generation is what's going to be more defining rather than the, right. the hybrid of the of the two yeah because you could t definitely see with the word like you can have a pre-covid generation and a post-covid generation even if it falls in the middle of a generation yeah, and i think what you're going to get with the covid is your it, it because uh everybody my age was finishing up school entering the workforce or like in college mm -hmm. so um or in that time frame in their life college or working whatever it is so we're really going to be more like the pre-covid because we had all the normalities that like covid changed or took away <clears throat> for a very long time and then things changed and we kind of just at least from my perspective or like the friends that i have kind of just jump back into normal once things once everybody like 
came out of that mm-hmm. situation, right? Kind of just jump back into where we were just at and it didn't because we grew up with so much of one thing, it didn't really change much for us, I feel like. But I think you're going to have the next half of my generation who didn't grow up as long in like the quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. We had COVID and their lives completely changed. Most of the ones that went online stayed online through school and right. like all these other things. And um, I I think that completely changed them. And you're going to see a completely different type of Gen Z that comes that is now coming after out of that. I situation. agree. Just the whole online learning being sequestered from their peers at a a very developmental age. Right. Going through puberty, basically. Yeah. Right. So um I think that's gonna make a big difference in in those young and I you know, we're all kids, but those younger versions <laughs> of my generation and me. Like yep. I think it's gonna be interesting to see how they turn out and and how it affects their decision making as they're brains continue to develop and they get to my age um i think it's just going to be very different between the two yep you feel like there's micro generations in gen x like do you do so i know it's becoming more split up now that as technology progresses but do you feel like there's a micro generation inside gen x nope no no we Honestly, I think Gen X was a pretty fun generation. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you saying we're not fun? No, we just had a different kind of fun. Yeah, it, it, I think we were um, given a lot of freedom that you guys don't have. Yeah. All right. So um, I would, I mean, we had no phones attached to us, that kind of stuff. And it's just like, Kids, get out of the house. Come back when the street lights come on. We don't want to see you before then. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you're anywhere, mm-hmm. all right? And you got to figure things out on your own. You didn't get babysat. You weren't worried about being abducted or any of that mess. And if something did happen, you know, and maybe it's because I grew up in the South um, where people tend to be friendlier and look out for each other. I did more. as well. So I, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. From that Where perspective if you did get hit by the car your parents would find out and mm-hmm. go and meet you at the hospital or, or whatever um but you got to have all this freedom and discoveries and 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 that type of thing so um we didn't have like a 9-11 moment we didn't have a covid um the only thing that i can think think of for our whole generation as a change from Jimmy Carter to Ronald Reagan in presidency. <laughs> all right. Um, and that's happened so early on in the generation. Um, Cause that was like 1980 when Reagan came in. And so at that juncture, you know, the generation starts at 65. That's if you are paying attention to politics, if your parents were into that, That'd be like the first kind of time period where you're like, oh, politics, what's this? All about? Oh, mm-hmm. president, that type of thing. Because the younger is like, you might, hey, hey, Johnny, you might grow up to be president someday. And that's just so abstract, like heaven's like, okay, heaven is what, harps in the sky or whatever. <laughs> it's abstract. I can't put my head around it. Yeah. So when Reagan came into office 1980, we're 
10 to 15 years old, now we're beginning to understand leadership and changes in, in leadership and that mm -hmm. type of thing. So it's, um, that's really the biggest thing we had Mount St. Helens blow up in 1980, but that was out here in the, in Washington state. It didn't really affect Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, right. any of that mess. So it was, I tell you, that's probably why we had like Cindy Lauper seeing girls want to have fun and, <laughs> and junk like that. It was just, you know, um, an economic recovery, stock markets. Um, I guess there were some like underhanded deeds in the stock market, but that's still going on right now. So I wouldn't call it yeah, a generational that, thing. It was that just, hasn't really changed. If anything, just, that's gotten worse. It's just the rise of cocaine and parties. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I will say that something like, so you, your generation gets to experience the tech at the same time that we are, right? Everything that comes out, you guys get to experience that. Um, but it is kind of an interesting point. Like we, we won't ever get to experience a world without it unless some like cataclysmic event happens, right? Our, and COVID even though it was bad, doesn't count. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, if anything, we just got more into tech and like home comforts and not less mm -hmm. of it. Um, we won't get to experience like not like somebody not being able to know where we are at any given moment. Right. Or right. Um, being able to escape from social media and things like that. The only way we can escape from it now is to delete it. But then as soon as you go into work, everything is still based on it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, even notifications like for our job, it's all through a text message or an alert of mm -hmm. some kind or or lots of jobs. It's an app, you know, whatever. You're expected to answer most of your emails right then and there as if you're always sitting there or a team's meeting or whatever. So we won't ever get to experience anything like that so i was reading this article and i think it's your younger micro generation that's mm -hmm. doing this not not necessarily your age group of generation but there's this rise of gen zers going to flip phones that don't have a internet potential right it can't connect it does it it's low tech if you will mm -hmm. um have you heard about that so I have, I don't know, um, I'm going to look it up because I don't know, I don't know actually which age group it is because it, uh, let's see, there are, I've, I've heard about it and I don't know if it's mine or the youngers because, so the youngers, <laughs> the reason why I say I don't know is because the youngers don't strike me as the group that would be doing that. It already so well inundated that it's like switching growing up as like an ipad child is pretty common mm -hmm. so to see them survive without their ipad right. it would be kind of surprising i kind of look at it as maybe they're actually kind of rebelling or tired of being tethered and so if they go to low tech they are untethering yeah i think so i think that it's a um, I think part of it is probably a, a, a coping strategy or like a coping mechanism mm -hmm. too. When you're constantly bombarded with all of the shit that 
we've talked about in other episodes. And I think your first thing you want to do is like, okay, I'm, I'm throwing this thing away. Like this is, <laughs> it, this is becoming too much. And it's honestly, mentally it's overwhelming. Um, and I know for like a lot of, especially older folks, that's going to sound stupid. Like, Oh, Oh, well sit through a war. That'll be overwhelming. <laughs> and I totally get where you're coming from, but yeah, I think it's like mentally and socially overwhelming like to keep this status and like have this many viewers and blah, 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 all the other bullshit. Right. Um, so I could see that people, I could see like where our generation, some of us start to rebel, like, and push that off and like, Oh, I just want something more simple. There have been times where I've looked at my phone and I'm like, I don't like want all of this. Like <laughs> there are so many features on my Ooh. phone. So my type of, nerd is like more of a tech person right i really like playing with all the new stuff but that's just it i really like playing with it all as a daily like use and driver besides my tesla <laughs> i i don't use 90 percent of the features on my phone i text i call and i use my emails and like look up things and i and i'm on social media but all of the cool features that like my phone does i really don't use it um so I could see the push to like switching to something a little more dumb. Um, there was also before we go there. Oh yeah, all right. Elon Musk, Tesla driver. He's actually wearing his black Tesla shirt right now. Represent, so, you know, sponsor. We are we are open to grants <laughs> and sponsorships. You know, we'd be glad to you know talk about all of your products that, that you're creating and future products and we will even have you on the show if you want to be on the show all right <laughs> but uh so all we need you to do uh mr musk if you could like like and subscribe <laughs> yep. and if you could comment on the video uh we're on twitter so if you don't mind just you know tweeting on us that would be great yeah. um probably like the most iconic gen xer in the world right now is elon musk yeah yeah um I would say that that's a very fair statement. A lot of the Gen Xers now, like, I I don't remember if Bezos and a Gen, is a Gen Xer, um, but it, yeah, like Elon Musk is one of the most controversial, like, popular <clears throat> Gen Xers right now. I love Elon Musk because he said, "I'm just going to buy Twitter because fuck you." <laughs> Do it for the meme. <laughs> Do it for the meme. That is kind of funny because he is kind of like Gen Z in that way of like memes and anime and like all these things that he posts. It, I'm yeah. telling you, Gen Z and Gen X are going to have more similarities than people are expecting. Yep. I think I, I've, so. I'm already looking at it. Now, do you? Okay. So uh, the kind of going back to the micro generations thing. So there's the, uh, I believe there's the micro generation of probably the last like seven years or so, the last half of Gen Z and then what's, and then the younger um, Gen Zers. So do you think that the younger Gen Zers are still going to have that commonality with Gen X? Or do you think it's more of the, the older half of Gen Z that's going to have that like big similarity to I kind of wonder if it's going to be like, because there's some Gen Zers who's, Parents are millennials mm -hmm. and some who are Gen Xers. Mm -hmm. I think that's... Or maybe that's the defining difference between the two. That might be. Because I think the Gen Xers are 
more independent, freedom-minded. They had to be. Right? right? And and so it's kind of like, you're going to have to figure some things out on your own, kid, type of mentality. And I believe like the millennials who are much more protective and shielding and don't let anyone experience anything unless it's under the most safe conditions possible. Well, and so to kind of touch a little more on that, just to bring some personal notes into it, my, um, that's an interesting point because growing up, so I have this conversation all the time with, um, like people, my parents age or millennials or even like boomers, right. Where I had somebody ask me this question, um, it was actually our old boss's girlfriend who was was talking to me about this. But they asked me this question, and I think the based on former boss's girlfriend, for, yeah, <laughs> former boss's girlfriend, um, it kind of yeah, ex boss sounds weird. Uh, but anyways, so she's asking me these questions, and her reaction I think kind of defines like how people see our generation versus like what some of us actually are. But she was like, oh, like you know, um. She asked me, like, when did you start working? And I was like, uh, I think I started working, like, you know, I was always doing, like, the little stuff, like, mowing people's lawns and all that stuff when I was, like, 12, 13, 14. But then I started working, like, 15, 16. And the reaction I got was, like, oh, you've been working, like, quite a while compared to now. Was, I think when we were talking about this, I would have been uh, 24 at the time. So, like, oh, I've already been working for, like, 10 years yeah um and i think the reaction was kind of surprising but i think that that part of that comes from being raised by the gen x um generation so raised by the generation that had to be into the independent so a lot of my stuff growing up add on to that a single parent household so there's a lot of things that i did for myself don't get me wrong my mom amazing i could not have done or like do anything that I'm doing now without her. But like, there was a lot of things like worked, cut people's grass, like at a v much earlier age than I think kids are now. Mm -hmm. um, and I noticed with some of the people that I am good friends with that are around my age, very similar situations uh, surrounding that, that would have been raised by Gen X versus I think Maybe some of the younger I think it's kids very, that are... very interesting, um, spe specifically the, lawn, the mowing lawns, because that's how I made money. You know, dad was like, money's tight, times are hard. You're not getting an allowance. You need to figure out your own way. And so we find a way. We'd like re go searching for Coke bottles and that kind of stuff to turn them in to get the deposit bags and stuff my, like that. My grandma used to pay me to like pick up cigarettes like around the yeah. house and, and so, or like around the uh, yard and things like that that other people. My, my brother and I would go door to door with the lawnmower. We'd have a, a gas can and a lawnmower and we'd mm -hmm. just be pulling it down the street, knock on the door, mow your lawn for $10, mow your lawn for $10 mm -hmm. type thing. You get you get a bite, you do the work, $10. Yep, I posted a sign out in the front yard that was mm -hmm. like, I'll mow your lawn, like mm -hmm. call me, whatever. I walked up and down the street and like put things in people's See, you're mailbox a lot smarter and, than like, you were. All of that we stuff. had no sign. We just <laughs> door to door. We had so much cardboard laying around from your dancing. I mean, I but we can't. We, we you can't do that now because nobody's opening the door for strangers. Well, and oh my god, there were so many times I had people that were like just assholes. Like I had, I put things in like people's mailboxes. Like oh, like you know, just to, basically something along the lines of just a kid like trying to make some money, I'll mow your yard, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it costs, right? And 
There were some people that would call me and be like, you know, it's illegal to put things. That's a federal offense. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? I was like, God damn boomers. Like, you don't want me mowing your grass. Jesus. So, but, but you and I, same experience, mowing lawns, make money, that kind of thing. Now, when I was working full time in North Carolina, that type of thing, and I was looking to hire someone to mow my lawn and that type of thing, the only people I could find were contractors, not kids. Yep. And it was just amazing to me. I've never once, so I own a house now in San Antonio. I've never once seen any kid in that area mowing somebody else's grass. Never. I've only seen like contractors and things like that or like professional lawn companies doing that kind of stuff. And it's very interesting to see that kind of go away. Yeah. See people do it themselves, like older adults, whatever, <laughs> but never see kids mowing their parents lawn or mowing other people's lawns um which is interesting i mm -hmm. i so i don't maybe there is that like difference with being raised starting to get raised by like millennials um and i hope for my gen as they start having kids they go back to some of that because i think it's important that you're trying to be more independent you know if you're 18 and you're dumped on the world and you're considered an adult at 15 or 16, like you need to start doing some things to prep you for that. Yeah, there's, I think there's an, a, a phase in life where you have to learn how to work, mm -hmm. right? So you got to learn to work. Um, and then you, after you learn to work, you can work mm -hmm. and you can be efficient about it and worthwhile. Um, and I kind of feel like that's gone away and now everybody, believes that there should be a living wage for your very first job that you ever do. Mm -hmm. It's like babysitting. Well, I should get $25 an hour. Like, <laughs> and I think, I think that as you get older, you know, there are certain places where like having a living wage is important, but being 15 or 16 or 14 or whatever, and learning how to work, just l learning what that means and how to do it and what a worth starting to develop a work ethic mm -hmm. it's not really as important about what you make it's just developing those those skills um and developing that work ethic and i think some uh something that is is not the same as the rest of the generations um or like all of the generations that are the outliers is like the asian and hispanic community that we have in the country because their kids work and they they get a work ethic very early on and they are still the kids like cutting the grass and doing all of the things outside and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I think that's hopefully in my gen being the most diverse of the generations. So hopefully that will help and continue. And we're running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. It, it, I think it would be good to come back. Um and not all the way, right? Like you don't gotta get yeah, we up don't, everything. We don't need to just... go all the way back to like China and have like eight year olds <laughs> working in sweatshops and triangle waste coast factory situation and that kind of thing. Yeah, but there like there's a gotta be a balance between yeah. the two. But yeah, I I think I think kids should be doing chores for no money and then doing chores for some money so they could learn how to manage money before they ever move out of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yep. I uh I don't want to cut off the conversation, but we're definitely running into uh, yeah, yeah, running yeah. into right our yeah. time. So what are we talking about next? Um so I think we talked about the last episode giving each other some movie assignments. You're right. Um so I think that, that would be interesting to have you watch an iconic movie from Gen Z and and vice versa. Um so I think maybe we should talk about our experience in that. Let's let's do it. Cool. All right, guys, thank you. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, all of those things. Make sure to teach your parents how to do it. And if yeah. you're a, a little kid, yeah, I, I, it's totally kid-friendly to watch this show. Yeah, so. don't forget, tell Elon Musk to do it also, all right? We're, we're there for him. Yep, Elon, please like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> Make sure the, the comment part is very important. <laughs> very important. All right, thank you guys again. Peace be the journey.